Thanks for listening to audio from North Monroe. To learn more about who we are, visit northmonroe.com or download the North Monroe app in the App Store or on Google Play. Now, here's this week's message. Good morning, everybody. I'm really excited about today uh, because you guys are going to finally get some good preaching for a change, which is pretty exciting on your part. Dennis Swanberg's with us today, and he's going to bring the message, and I just wanted to introduce him. I don't know that he really needs an introduction in this area. This is kind of home for him and Lori and the boys, and uh, they've moved to Texas, and um, so it's good to have them back. And, and Dennis is one of those guys, he's got the natural gift of entertainment. He travels all over the country, all over the world, really, uh, entertaining people, encouraging people. He's naturally funny. But let me tell you something about Dennis that maybe a lot of people aren't as aware of is that he's also very spiritually deep and knowledgeable. And I've got to tell you that, especially when Dennis was here, when I'd be going through some low spots and some tough times and, you know, maybe within my family or, or maybe uh, just dealing with junk at church, uh, Dennis was one of the phone calls that I would make and, you know, he'd meet me at Waffle House. We were Waffle House brothers and he would kind of encourage me and bring me up, lift me up, help me to see it clearly. And he's just that way. You know, he, his ministry is called the Ministry of Encouragement. He's the Minister of Encouragement. And that's really his natural gift. Today he's going to come and bring the Word and encourage us with the Word. And I can't wait for you to hear what he has to say to teach us in the Word this morning. So let's welcome Dennis Swanberg. Dennis, come on up here, brother. So glad to have you back. Monroe misses you. I miss you guys. Laurie misses you. But we love our grandkids. So I love my two grandkids more than we love our two sons. Yeah. Uh, Can't help it. But I had a little lady tell me the other day at a church in Austin, I shared that. She said, you love them both, but you love them differently. I said, no, ma'am. I love my grandkids more. More. But anyway, (laughs) that's just, you know me. I'm sorry. I'm just sharing my heart there. Some of y'all know Chad and Dustin, so. Uh, you know, this morning before this message, uh, and I like that. Doesn't that look, ooh, what happened? You <laughs> have to work on that little section right there, uh, losing some hair there. Uh, what was Joseph thinking? You know, that's the title of the message. And uh, uh, this morning I decided I'm going to do something bold. Uh, I'm going to get Blake all up tight. But uh, years ago, I was doing a thing with Randy Travis, the country music singer, and we were, we've done stuff together, and then we were doing a cruise together with John Hagee uh, down in San Antonio. John Hagee, somebody give me praise and glory. And uh, he's a pistol. But anyhow, so we are on this uh, cruise together, and Randy sang this particular song that just makes me think of Joseph, you know, Jesus' daddy. And, uh, and it's a great song. But the radio stations wouldn't play it. You know, the radio station, they, they're not going to put it on the country music station. They thought it had, you know, too much gospel or Jesus or something in there. So they didn't, it didn't get on the radio waves, but it's a great song. So this morning I get up and uh, it just sort of hits me. I text Blake and I said, Blake, uh, can you sing Raise Him Up? And I sent him a, video, a little video of Randy Travis singing it with the words, and he's, I said, this morning, could you sing that for me before I speak? And you know what he wrote back? Are you serious? 
you know, you're a music person. You can do it. And so he said, well, let me see. So he waits a little while. Come on out here and get ready. Uh, you know, he's been here 18 years. He thinks he can just take his time. But uh, so or you're over here now. Well, last service with the older people, you're back over here. Uh, so he said, I got it. So I said, awesome. So I want you to hear this song. And when you listen to him sing, I want you to keep in mind Joseph who raised Jesus. Joseph doesn't get a lot of attention at Christmas. I want us to give him some thought. So take it away, Blake. And he does good, by the way. Awesome. first met his mama she was just 19 couldn't say for certain who the father was I have known him since he was a pup and I'm gonna raise him up if you never knew your daddy Your fatherless This boy may not be blood of my blood But I'm gonna raise him up I'll provide for him Walk beside of him I am strong son can do with a father's love he can change the world you only have to look at joseph a couple thousand years ago when he held a newborn baby he named jesus he said he may not be blood of my blood Still, I'm going to raise him up. I'll provide for him, walk beside of him. I am strong enough. I will show him to what a son can do with a father's love. Change the world. Thirty three years later, when the sun was in his grave, broken and abandoned by a world he came to save, his real dad said, He's my blood of my blood, and I'm gonna raise him up. I'll provide for you, walk beside of you, I am strong enough, I have seen from you, 
Gosh, it gives me a chill. I'll tell you what. I want all the men in this room, I want you to stand up for a minute. All the men. Young men, young boys, all the men. Men, I just pray that this morning, this message is for all of us, but especially for we as men, that we will do everything that we can to raise Jesus up. And may Joseph, who was not his daddy, but chose to raise him up because God asked him to raise him up. He was faithful to do it. I'm sure there was a lot on his mind. I'm sure it, it wasn't easy living in Nazareth and people looking at you, wondering about you, your wife getting pregnant before you get married. You know, who are they going to believe? Well, Joseph believed in God the Father who spoke to him four specific times through an angel and gave him the word of God. Praise be to the Lord Jesus that today we men, and all of us here, have his word that we have access to 24-7. God bless you men. You may be seated. Mark Lowry is a friend of mine. He's a funny, a funny fellow. Uh, he's a great songwriter. And he wrote that song, Mary, Did You Know? Um, well, that's a popular one. I mean, it's popular. I mean, it's here to stay. It's, it's going to be at every Christmas. Someone's going to be singing, Mary, Did You Know? Someone's going to pull it up on their phone. Someone's going to, uh, you know, want to watch it. They're going to hear it. Uh, Mary, Did You Know? Buddy uh, Griffin uh, is a friend, too, and he wrote the music to it. Mark did the words, Buddy did uh, the music. And together, both of them, every Christmas, are happy, happy, happy. Because that song has been sung over and over and over again, so he gets a little Christmas cash uh, every Christmas uh, for that song. I mean, it's gone all over the world. I thought about making, coming up with a song uh, that I would just call, you know, uh, you know what, was, what was Joseph thinking? but I'm not really gifted in that area. But what was he thinking? You know, uh, in the Bible, there's been pastors that have preached the message, you know, the seven words of Jesus from the cross. There's actually, there's seven words from Mary. Six words that she spoke very clearly. Uh, one, not as clearly, but it said that she greeted Elizabeth. So that makes, that, that made it seven. So there's seven words from Jesus on the cross that preachers have preached before. There's seven words of Mary. And so I just said, what about the seven thoughts of Joseph? What was he thinking? I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's quite a, a, an issue. Uh, so my first point this morning is maybe his first thought was a dream come true. 
He had met Mary and they were going to get married and, you know, hubba, hubba, hubba. Uh, excited, in love. Yeah, well, I know they arranged marriages, but I have a feeling that he had his eye for Mary. Mary had his eye uh, for him and, and her parents and his parents. They were in cahoots and they said, yeah, they do love each other. And that's a thing you look forward to. You know, right now, y'all don't have to worry. You down here in my first several rows, y'all don't need to worry about getting married for a while. But one day, it's going to be all of a sudden, you know, that gal's going to look at you and just go, you know, I'm here. And uh, you're going to go, I'm your man. Uh, right now, you're flat bellies. But one day when you get my age, you may just, you know, have two kegs instead of a, a six pack. But, uh, but your day will come when you're going to be in love and she's going to be in love with you. And that's a happy time. I remember when Laurie just fell for me, just head over heels. Uh, where is my Laurie yet? You know, where are you, baby? My, my woman. Well, isn't that special? Way back there in the back, in the corner, trying to hide out, you know, trying to get out of a sermon. Uh, she's 4'11", going to heaven, good looking. You've heard me say this. She's a brunette right now. Uh, about every three weeks, God does a miracle on her hair. And uh, I love my honey love. And I remember when we were in love and looking forward to getting married. I remember she came to me and she said, she, she came to me with these brochures. She said, hey, you know, here's a brochure. You're the leader. You're the leader. But here's a brochure for Hawaii. Here's a brochure for Acapulco. I said, baby, we ain't doing either one of those because I got 600 bucks. That's all I had. I was in the seminary. I didn't have any money. She said, do you think your parents would pay for the honeymoon? I said, Floyd Leon and Pauline Bernadine. Uh, my daddy was raised a sharecropper. He, he ain't paying for nothing. Uh, and I, you know what my dad used to say about honeymoons? Just go home. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> it'd been fine with me, Robbie. How about you? But, you know, Laurie, Laurie wanted to go somewhere, you know. So we ended, I ended up taking her to Corpus Christi, most beautiful brown water you've ever seen <laughs> in your life. And we stayed at the La Quinta, La Quinta which in Spanish means next to Denny's. But anyhow, uh, we had a good breakfast. I remember that. Uh, but can you imagine if beforehand, all of a sudden, uh, she tells me I'm pregnant. Whoa, uh, I'm, I'm going to be a preacher. You know, I'm in the seminary. I'm a Baptist. Uh, I don't know if that's going to work real good. No, I'm not the daddy. Well, no, it's, it, you know, I'm, I'm pregnant. And, and so all of a sudden, you know, the angels told her that it's, it's, of, it's of the Lord and everything. And well, that's good for her. But even if, I mean, how do you work through that? The, the one of your dreams, you know, first of all, he had a dream come true. It was, he was going to marry her. He looked forward to marrying her. He was in love with her. They're going to uh, live happily ever after. And then all of a sudden, the second thought is a thought of disaster in the making. Matthew 1.18, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Now he's going, uh, <laughs> what now? The daddy is the Holy Spirit, God himself. Well, uh, now listen, he was a Jew. He knew the Old Testament scriptures had prophesied the fact that their Savior would be one that was of God and would be born of a young woman, a young Jewish girl, a virgin. He knew that. Well, that's good preaching. 
You know, Brother Bill, now can he preach? Uh, Dr. Bill, he can preach and teach and he's a student of the word. And, and, and I'm sure Joseph was very knowledgeable, but still as not knowledgeable as you can be, as smart as you can be, the bottom line is you're pregnant, you know, uh, and you're saying it's of the Lord. I know that's in the Old Testament scriptures. That sounds good. But, you know, is this, who is it? Who's, what's his name? What tell us what happened? You you can tell me. She said, "No, nah, it's of the Holy Spirit." And uh, and so all of a sudden, Joseph's world was caving in. The news had disaster all over it. I mean, can you imagine? Hmm. Well, you know what happens today, doesn't it? You know, people can get pregnant. You know, before marriage. You know, surprise, surprise. Hey, mom. Hey, dad. We're going to have a baby. You know, these things, you know, these things happen, you know, and uh, and they can be sort of a surprise. But usually both people realize that it was, well, it was me and her. Or it, it was me and him, you know, bingo, you know. But in this case, he's going, man, I, I don't know who the guy is. I don't know if it's, it's what's the deal is, but it's disaster. His next thought was this. I guess maybe a divorce or desertion. I, I've got to, well, Matthew 1, 19, and Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. You know, he's going to try to do the best thing, the right thing. You know, on the one hand, there's times when all of a sudden you're disappointed like that and something comes up like that in a relationship. You go, you know, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm gone. Adios, amigos. Uh, goodbye, my friend. It's over. You know, you, you, you know, uh, and don't tell me you don't know who the daddy is. Well, I know who the daddy is. God, oh yeah, well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, no, I, that's, I, I don't want any part of that. That's going to mess up my future. That's going to mess up my job. It's, you know, people are going to wonder. They're going to, you know, uh, they know that, I mean, you're, you're pregnant before we get married. We're betrothed and all this has happened. Uh, so he's thinking, well, on my righteous side, this is my chance to get out of the relationship. I can get off the hook. And sometimes we all want to get off the hook of some responsibility, don't we? Hey, that's not my baby. Uh, I know it's not my baby. I've never had relations with her. I mean, I have not. Uh, so I, I just, I'm off the hook. I'm gone. Adios. I'm going about my life. If I need to, I'll go to Egypt. I'll go live somewhere else and just do my thing and leave all of this behind. Uh, I don't have to marry her. Matter of fact, uh, she could be stoned to death. She could be put to death. And maybe she does, you know, someone could think maybe she does deserve that for being unfaithful. But, you know, anyhow, that's, that's got to be in his mind. He's thinking divorce. Uh, but he thought, I can divorce her and maybe... Uh, and maybe put her away quietly. That sounds good. That's what I think I'll do. I'll, I'll be nice. I'll be kind. I, I hate it for her. She's in a dilemma. And I'll, I'll, I'll take her away. Let her have a new start. Try not to shame her. You know, isn't it easy to shame somebody? Do we not think that people already feel plenty of shame? Why do we need to shame them more? 
You know, your loved ones, my loved ones, your kids, my kids. I mean, everybody has something, and me included. We all could be shameful about something. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But sometimes we just sort of want to pile it on and, and shame them some more. You know, I don't need to enable uh, my loved ones, but I need to encourage them. Uh, I don't necessarily need to shame them. They already feel shame. You know what? They already feel pitiful. They already feel like I'm, I'm no good. I, I, I mess up all the time over and over and over again. I, I, I mess up more than the average person. I'm, I'm no good. I'm, I'm pitiful. Uh, we, don't, we don't need to shame people. And apparently he decided I'm not going to shame her. I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm going to lie, but I'll gently and carefully Tell the truth if I have to tell the truth to my parents. She's pregnant, but it's not with me. It's, it's with God. Oh, yeah, son, now that is a good one. Then he had the thought of a divine detour. I call it a divine detour. Matthew one twenty. but when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Joseph was a man. Probably did what men do. You start thinking. Start thinking. We're thinkers. For the most part, we're thinkers. And, you know, during the COVID, I would sit in my recliner all day long watching gun smoke, gun smoke, gun smoke, Andy Griffith, Andy Griffith, Andy Griffith. Laurie would get mad at me. And I said, I'm thinking. I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm a thinker. Well, there's a Hebrew word for that, baka, baka, which means a whole bunch of bull. But anyhow, uh, most of the time we are thinkers. A lot of times we're thinkers. Now, when it comes to talking, I talk constantly. I'm in the 10% of men that talk constantly. Laurie's in the 10% of women that don't talk constantly. Uh, and so I guess we get along pretty good. When we do a marriage enrichment thing or go to a marriage enrichment retreat, you know, she goes with the men. I go with the women. Uh, I'm more like a woman in my communication skills, I guess. But anyhow, he's sort of wondering, what am I going to do? Uh, this angel of the Lord, though, revealed to him that, hey, this, this, is, this is the truth. You're going to be the father uh, of, of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, who's going to be with us. He's, he's for us. And, uh, and so the, the angel said, instead of him looking for an angle, he got the angel and she gave him a word of what's going to happen a divine detour, a destiny. And uh, he got the word. Now I'm going to tell you something. Praise the Lord, we have his word. Matter of fact, when we go back and look here at, uh, at Joseph, four times an angel spoke to him. Well, we know for sure three angels spoke, and then the fourth time it says the Lord spoke. And what did the Lord speak? What did the angel speak? The word of God, God's word for Joseph. Now listen, we have the word. We have the complete word. We have the Old Testament, the New Testament. We have his word. Men, ladies, young people, this word is going to guide us. It, it tells us what we need to know. Sometimes people will tell me, I wish I could hear God speak 
audibly. I would love to hear him speak audibly. I've had people come tell me, I've heard God speak audibly. I said, well, how about that? That's awesome. And then other people said, I wish, I wish he would talk to me audibly. Well, let me tell you something. If you want to hear God speak audibly, open your Bible, read it out loud, and you will hear God speak audibly. He speaks. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the Word of God lasts forever. We've got to open this book. This book is our book. It's His book to us to give us truth. As He gave Joseph the truth, gave him the Word of what he's to do, so God does that for us. We have it, but what do we do with it? I heard a preacher one time, he said, let me tell you how to read through the Bible. And so I'm ready. He said, I'm going to give you step one. And step one was this, pick it up. Isn't that the truth? It's sitting on the coffee table. It's beside your bed. It's, you've got it over there by your recliner. Pick it up and read it. We've got to read it. You know, I keep thinking, well, you know, I went to seminary. I was a pastor. I'm, I've been around for a while. I, I know a lot of it and what have you. I mean, I know a bunch. Let me just sort of think on it. Think on that chapter. No, I've got to read it. It's alive. It speaks to us. We read it again and again and again. And he speaks to us. He gives us sometimes a different angle on this passage than we looked at it before. It's still the Word of God. The Word hadn't changed. But I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by it, by the time that I read it, the situation I'm in as I read it, uh, which has changed. But he still speaks the truth to me. We've got, we need this Word. I've told my boys, I've said, listen, one day when I'm in that assisted care living center with tubes up my nose and everywhere else, I, I want y'all to play some good Christian music. And I want you to play music I like, and I want you to read the Bible. Read it out loud. I want to hear the word. I may be laying there. You may think I'm out of it, that he's, he's gone. He's a goner. He's not going to last long. I think the last thing to go sometimes is your hearing. I want you to read to me. I want to hear the word of God while I'm laying there. And if I can't understand it or hear it and I'm out of it, well, it's good for you to read it and for you to hear it. <laughs> the fifth thought that he might have had was one of duty, discipline, and devotion. I, I crammed three into one there. This was a, a key time. Verse 24, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and called his name Jesus. Now, I want to tell you something. He was a good man, and he didn't really, he, let's put it this way, he didn't touch her. He didn't have sex with her. He didn't have any kind of those sexual relations with her. After she had Jesus, Joseph and Mary fellowshiped. Does this group down here grab that? You know what I mean? That's... And they had more kids. And they had them the way that we all have kids. Interaction. Loving each other. And they ha he had brothers and sisters. Are you hearing me? Now there's some faiths out there that want to say she's the queen, Mary is the queen of heaven and that she didn't have any other kids and all that. Well, that's just not in the word of God. Word of God says she, she had more children. Matter of fact, uh, his step, you know, his half brothers and sisters, you know, there were times they thought Jesus was crazy. They said he's crazy. You know, Mary probably thought he was crazy too. You know, uh, but he's not crazy. We're the crazy ones. And uh, 
But Joseph, not until after she had Jesus, because he knew that she was pregnant of God the Father, the Holy Spirit, the three in one. And, and so he went along with that. And aren't you glad he did? What a man. He was called to be her husband. He was called not to have any relations with her until after Jesus' birth. He wanted there to be no doubt that this was baby Jesus of the Holy Spirit. J Joseph knew that Jesus will save his people from their sins. He knew and understand that God was with us. The fulfillment of the Old Testament was coming through him, and he was going to do that and see it through with duty, discipline, and devotion. Then he had some thoughts of a determined disposition. We have the whole story of the Magi and all that coming to see Jesus. And Herod the king is jealous. of He doesn't want any competition of another king. And he wants to put to death uh, every child that's two years and younger. He wanted this Jesus to be put to death. And all of a sudden in the midst of this scenario, an angel speaks to him a second time and says, Now when they had gone, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and mother, and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. So Joseph got up and took the child and his mother while it was still night and left for Egypt. This man was determined to do what God asked him to do. We need to reflect on our determination. Am I determined to be the man of God I need to be, to be the woman I need to be, to be the, the child that I need to be? My mom is 94, Pauline Bernadine. I, I'm still her child. I need to be determined to be a good child to Pauline Bernadine, 94 years old, wearing Alfred Dunner outfits, little blouse, little jacket, and the breeches are elastic. Just woo, woo, they work with you. If y'all hadn't seen them, well, if you'd come to the first service, you'd seen some. <laughs> Thank God for Alfred Dunner is what I think. I've been trying to get Laurie to wear them for years because I'm not wearing them, you know. Uh, I don't know why I did that, but it sure felt good to get that off my chest. Uh, <laughs> so he took him to Egypt, and he wasn't going to come back until the Lord told him to. Faithful man, all the way to Egypt. You know, that's a, that's a trek. And then there's the last thought, the seventh thought. It's the thought of a daily disciplined life I'm going to have to live. And I'm going to tell you, men and, and ladies, all of us, that's the way it's got to be for all of us. It's got to be daily. It's got to be a discipline of our life for the rest of our life. You know, one day when y'all get married... And you have kids and grandkids, and maybe you'll have a flashback to this service. You go, I remember when this guy was here. He wasn't Brother Bill, but he was a little different. And he said to be disciplined with Bible study. I'm still having my Bible study. You know what that would be? A great testimony. That you're busy about studying the Word of God when you're 13 when you're 18, when you're 20, 30s, 40, 50, 60, 70. Matter of fact, 
Your kids and your grandkids ought to see that your Bible is worn, it's marked in, you've taken notes in it. Matter of fact, over a period of years, there ought to be probably several Bibles that you will have gone through and sort of worn out because the Word, the, the word of God is pivotal for your life. And when the questions come up into your life, when it's puzzling, what am I going to do? You think, what does God say? God has a Word for everything. And He will lead you and guide you and guard you. He'll give you the word that you need. And it all comes because of a disciplined life. But then when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord, here's the third time, appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. So Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and came to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Now he got up and left Egypt because he heard from God, he listened to God, and acted upon his word. He got up and left Egypt. Now, you know, chances are he might have become a little comfortable in Egypt. Sometimes we like comfort. Also, we get used to a place, go, hey, this is nice, got a nice home, got it decorated the way I want. Ladies, don't you like it? You got your house, it's all decorated, this is the best, this is my favorite, this is my favorite home and everything, it's my favorite. And then all of a sudden your man goes, we're going to leave. Oh, buddy. Oh, help you, Jesus. You know what I mean, Matt? Oh, help you, Jesus. And she started thinking, well, you know, what are you doing? Well, baby, this is what we're going to do. Well, hold on. But he heard from an angel of the Lord. This is what we're doing. I tell you what, ladies, I'm not, I'm not against ladies being strong and what have you, but I'm going to tell you what, if you have a godly man and you have a husband that's a spiritually minded man, I want to congratulate you that you can, you can have a great trust to follow him when the Lord speaks to him about some things. And if it's the wrong thing, well, then the Lord will deal with your husband. Oh, buddy. And men, if you're not sensitive to your wife in the process, your prayers can be hindered. Read over there in Peter, in the New Testament, what he says. And you don't want your prayers to be hindered, men. You treat her like a queen, and she's more than likely to treat you like a king. And then last of all, then after being warned by God in a dream, he left the regions of Galilee and he came and lived in a city called Nazareth. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Man. So much of all of this story is pivotal because of Joseph's faithfulness. And he was thinking and processing and doing what God asked him to do. My daddy, Floyd Leon, he was a working man. We weren't white collar. We weren't blue collar. We were more ring around the collar. Uh, but my daddy was a worker. He was a worker, Floyd Leon. And you know what he said? His two famous phrases to us kids while we were growing up. Are you ready? Number one, brush your gums. Brush your gums. 
My daddy had pyrrhea of the gums and had to have his gums cut out because he didn't brush him as a kid and what have you. So he had them all cut out. And when he got home from the doctor, he asked my mama to fix him a steak because he felt like he needed some protein to help his teeth. I mean, he's a different. But the second thing he said was this. Are you ready? And this has been in my mind forever because we heard it all the time. Think, think, think. I bet he told us that a million times. And you know what? He's right. We need to think. We need to think things through. We need to think about spiritual things. We need to think about family. We need to think about someone else's point of view. We need to be, we need to be thinkers. We need to be thoughtful of what is God's plan in this person's life, in this person's life, and, and how can I be an encourager to them, and how can I compliment what God is doing in their life? You know what? So this Christmas, can I just say this Christmas? Think, you know? You know, while you're sitting there in the couch, get up and help grandma set the table. Daughter-in-law, get up. You know, you're, you know, you don't want your mother-in-law going, well, no, she just comes in and sits down and I do everything. I don't even know how my husband, ever, I mean, my son ever gets fed. I don't know what they do. I think she does take out, you know. Well, maybe you do, but for this one time, get up and help your mother-in-law. Be good to your father-in-law. Go, ladies, go to your father-in-law and give him a big hug. And give him a big kiss. You're going, oh, man, my gosh, he just... Well, go hug him and kiss him. Maybe, he, you know, when you do stuff like that, sometimes that old boy may just take you off the bill phone and go, where are y'all going to eat tonight? And maybe he'll fork it over. Take him for his money. But anyhow... <laughs> God spoke to him that fourth time to say, go live in Nazarene. They lived there. And he was a carpenter, maybe a stonemason, but would work. That was his life. And, and Jesus worked with him. You know, later on when Jesus was uh, 12, remember when they had gone uh, to Jerusalem and it's sort of like that movie Home Alone. And, uh, <laughs> and the, the, on the way back home, they, they didn't know that. Jesus wasn't with them, and then they realized he was still back in Jerusalem, remember? And then they had to go back and find him. When they found him, he was in the temple uh, asking questions of the priests and what have you. And they're going, where, where, where have you been? We went all the way for home, and then you weren't with us, and we had to come back and get you a good night. And uh, he said, well, I was about my father's business. You know, I don't know, Floyd Leon, I don't think that would have worked with Floyd Leon. <laughs> but I'll tell you who I think it worked for. I believe Joseph got it. Mama was upset. But Joseph had watched Jesus working with him every day, observing him, how he handled things. Something about this young man, different, unique, not another one like him. No wonder his brothers and sisters thought he was crazy. Who can live like this man has lived? I mean, he... He lived this life sinless, amazing. And in the midst of all that, Joseph, Joseph understood that a disciplined life would be the only way for him to continue. You know, we don't know what happened to Joseph. We know all of a sudden, you know, not long he's out of the picture, probably passed away. And then we know about Mary and 
everybody else, but just Joseph sort of quiet. But today, I see Joseph as a special saint. He was likened unto his ancestor, Joseph. His brothers had sold him as a slave. They'd placed him in a pit with a bloody robe. But yet, in God's grace, he went from the pit to the palace in Egypt. And he didn't hold it against his brothers. At the very end, he said, they may have done it for evil, but, my, but God meant it for good. I have a sense in my spirit that Joseph said it wasn't easy. Living in Nazareth, people would watch and look. Sometimes I would overhear them talking. Well, they, you know, that Jesus is really not Joseph's, but, you know, there are good people, but we don't know the whole story on that. Someone said it was of God, but, you know, that's a good story. They weren't always impressed with Jesus. They said, is not this the son of the carpenter? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Most unlikely case would be this Jesus. Is he going to be a king? Is he going to be a warrior? Is he going to overtake this world and bring us victory as the Jewish people, the Hebrew nation? Is that in him? Is that in this guy? Well, it was this man, Jesus. And I'm so glad, like the song, that Joseph raised him up. And my prayer that you and I will raise Jesus up. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. When we lift him up, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will draw everyone to him. Holy Spirit convicts the world. I can't convict anybody of anything, but Holy Spirit can. Holy Spirit, and sometimes you wait a long time. Lori and I, we've known with our family and our sons and stuff, we've, we know about praying and waiting for 20 years. And there may be times when we have to pray a few more years, but that's okay. And we can do that. Because the Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives. I pray this Christmas that he'll be lifted up. I thank God for Joseph. What a good man. And I hope I let you know what he might have been thinking. But I have let you know what I think. I think it's important in these days to also know what you think. So tell your loved ones. Tell your friends in Christ Jesus how you see it, how you think it, and may it always be what you think under the Word of God, not above the Word of God. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you and we love you. May your will be done in our lives. Be a blessing to these wonderful, wonderful people. Laurie and I, we miss them greatly. We love North Monroe. Bless them, bless Brother Bill and all the staff. Even bless old Warren. Take good care of him. And thank you, Lord, so much for Blake singing that song today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for letting me be with you.
So appreciate Swan bringing the word today. Uh, let me say this too, that Swan has a brand new book out about grit and living with grit. Kind of the very things that he's talked about today, about when life kind of knocks you down, God's still got a plan for it. He still wants you to walk in discipline and determination and duty. And uh, so stop by out here. He's got that book. He's got his other book uh, uh, with daily devotionals, the Bible, something in bull, which is Swan. Um, great book, just a daily devotional, lighthearted. And uh, so on your way out, they've got a table out here. It helps their ministry, allows them to go and travel and do. This is Swan's actually speaking at North Monroe three times this weekend. Uh, he spoke at our senior adult banquet. He'll speak tonight at our widow's banquet. And in between that, he had to go to Tulsa from Thursday to speak in Tulsa and then came back here today. So he's very busy. So help him with that. But before we go here this morning, I just wanted to, I was thinking as Swan was talking, isn't it interesting thinking about Joseph, how oftentimes our greatest heartache becomes God's greatest blessing. That doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt when it hurts. It obviously does. The disappointment Joseph must have felt when Mary came in and told him she was pregnant, knowing that he's about to get married. It's just difficult to conceive of, of how that ran through him to the point where he felt like he was going to have to set her aside, uh, put her away, trying to do what's best for her, but best for him. And then God turns that around and he becomes the dad and God must have seen Joseph something in Joseph. He becomes the dad to Jesus. And he raises him up. And I say that because some of you are maybe in the middle of a heartbreak right now. And you don't know how you're going to get through it. You, don't, you can't see God's plan in it. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's medical. More likely it's relational. Uh, or job loss. We all go through it. The one thing that's sure about being a human being is we're going to get hurt. And there's a hurt on every single pew in this room. But you know, God has a way of taking those hurts and turning them into your greatest blessing. You can't see it now, but you'll see it in reverse. But we have to, through that process, do what Joseph did. Surrender. Just God, however you want me to do it. That surrender, of course, starts with a surrender of your life to the Lordship of Jesus so that you walk with Him and you know that He is sovereign over your life. You know, God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Do you love God and are you called according to His purpose? Do you know for certain right now that Jesus is your Lord? If you're not certain of that, we're going to sing just a piece of a song here in just a second. I know we're running a little late, but don't worry about that. Right after, if you need to know for certain, I've got guys right over here at the Belong area and women. We've got guys back here at the Belong area. Go and talk to them. <clears throat> but you know, if you're going through a heartbreak like Joseph did, and you need a word from the Lord, you know, that word comes through the word, as, as Swan said, but also it comes through the word implanted in the people of God. And you may need some encouragement from somebody just to hang in there. Don't quit. Stay at it. God's got a plan. You'll see it later. Um, and they would love to talk to you about that and help in any way they can. I want to pray over you right now. Father, thank you for Dennis and 
for his beautiful ministry of encouragement. It's been to me for so many years, to this church, to this, to this nation, to this world. And I pray you'd continue to give him health and longevity to speak that truth. But Father, I pray for those that are here who need to know you. I pray that today they would be certain of that relationship, certain that you're going to take that hurt that they're involved in right now and work it together for their good. And I pray, Father, that we would be as Joseph was and we would do our duty with discipline and determination. In Jesus' name, amen. Our hope is that this message has encouraged you to seek Christ in your own life and make Him known wherever you are. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and share it with a friend. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.